You're listening to another episode of Total Talk Nonsense with John and Scott. That's John and Scott. I'm John. And I'm Scott. This is episode 274. That's right, John. 274. And we open with some vintage Cheech and Chong. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, did I press the wrong button? You're a dim teacher. Oh, yeah. No, I, pre- <laughs> I thought that was you that said that. <laughs> <laughs> Come right. on, man. Uh, Have you know. been drinking? What's going know. on? I don't there? know what I'm doing. Uh, I was supposed to do. I hit this and I hit this button here, and You're a dip that came out. It should have went. Hey, what are you trying to do? You ruined my record, man. I just want it. <laughs> But instead it goes... You're a dim teacher. But it's that's supposed to. Jesus crap. You're a dim teacher. Oh, Jesus you know Christ. <laughs> oh, I see. There's two Ys. R-T-Y-Y-U-I-O-P. What, how does that happen? Oh, yeah. Get this stuff figured out on the show. Is there anybody that's, is, that's tired? That's him. <laughs> that's him. Okay. Britney song. Well, do it live! Okay. A large crowd. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Okay. You're a dim teacher. All right. And then. Jesus crap. And there's. What the fuck? Because I have a tendency. Ten- <laughs> okay. Well, where the hell is the button for. Hey! What are you trying to do? You ruined my record, man. <laughs> I just want it. <laughs> oh, good times. Good, good times. times. So good why times. the the Cheech and Chong? Where'd that come from? Uh, I uh, was listening to the Comedy Channel on the way home. And they had some Cheech and Chong and on there? And there was some vintage Cheech and Chong, yeah. Um, I didn't have the albums, but my uncle did. So my, uh, my uncle moved back in with his mom and dad, who were my grandparents. And he lit, had this cool middle bedroom with a black light, and he had this cool Who poster, and he smoked weed, and he had punks. And uh, he had all these albums and a really kick-ass stereo system. So when he was at DeVry, so he went to Nam, he came back, and then he went to DeVry. 
I would sneak in his room and I'd listen to all these albums. So I, I got turned on to like Jimi Hendrix and Chuck Berry and Cheech and Chong. Yeah. He had all the Cheech and Chong albums. And I probably listened to those the most. The, the Cheech and Chong. I just dug that, and I thought that was the coolest fucking thing. And I also thought, boy, if my grandparents catch me, I am going to be in a shitstorm. Yeah. Because this cannot be appropriate for me to listen to. <laughs> no wonder you're all fucked up. Aren't man. I? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean I'm all fucked up? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? What do you mean? Come on, man. Oh, man. Yeah, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey. Who is it? Hey, man. It's me, John. Open up. Who is it? Hey, man. It's me, John. I got the stuff, man. Open up before the cops come. Who is it? <laughs> Man, it's me, John. Open up, man. I think I saw the cops. I got the stuff, man. Open the door, man. John? Yeah, John. It's me, John. Yeah, John's not here, oh, man. Oh, fuck. It's me, John, man. Open the door. Who is it? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the rest of it, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. You've been listening to John and Scott Theater. <laughs> That's some good times. That is some good times. All right, John. So 274, uh, hopefully we'll record the whole show this week. Last nah. week we had a little technical difficulty. I said we, John. It's because it's a John and Scott, right? Yeah. Even when you fuck up, I I take part of the blame. Hopefully, I'm. Oh, we, I see. See, right. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So, uh, we're back. We were we're gonna do it yesterday. Yeah. And I texted you, and I'm like, "Hey, dude, what's up?" And you texted me back, and you said, "Dude, man, I am not feeling well. You had some other shit going on." In in, yeah. in addition to that, you sent me a photo. Yeah. I really don't need to see that stuff. You don't want to see I it? I don't really. <laughs> you didn't like it? Uh, why don't you post that on Facebook? Why don't you send it to me? Why not? I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't want you to think I'm faking. So you, <laughs> I would believe you. <laughs> why wouldn't I believe you? I don't know. So, John, you passed a stone, a kidney stone. Yeah. And then you put it, you put a dime on a cup. And right. then you put your stone next to the dime to give it, you know, some scale. perspective, some, some scale. scale. And, uh, like, wow, that's... It's a big stone, ain't it? But like... you know, the first thing I imagine is that going through my urethra, John. <laughs> I don't need that. I don't need that imagery. I don't need that that emotion of pain. Uh, You're sharing your pain. Yeah, it was very painful. I still don't feel right. I, I haven't felt... Let me ask you this: How uh, long does it last? Like when it, like when it gets to the base of your shaft, to the out to the tip of the, the penis there? How long are we talking? Is it like um, three minutes? Is it what? Is no. it ten seconds? No, it starts out as a pain in your back uh, in the morning. I, I woke up at I don't know four in the morning Friday, and I was so fucking nauseous I couldn't. 
I just hate that. Like right now, I'm starting to feel shitty because of the pain. Because of what? You um, just feel nauseous out of nowhere. I think it has to do with my gallbladder. But then after the nausea, um, that started to kind of subside. But I told my wife, I'm not going in. I don't. Oh, man, my back hurts on the going other into side. work. Into work, yeah. Back hurts on the other side now. I don't know what's going on. I, I got to get a hold of the, the doctor today. So the left side. It's been the right side this whole time, in the front, under my ribs, to my right side. And then it was the left, and it it's like this um, squeezing. It's like a really bad backache that you can't get comfortable no matter how you sit, stand, whatever. So I tried to, like, suck it up and nothing. I couldn't. I, I watched some TV and tried to just ignore it and a nausea would come in waves and I was waiting for the doctor to call me back and uh, he finally did but he was about an hour away from getting on a plane to go out of town for the whole week (laughs) which is convenient and he wants me to see this one guy but he doesn't want me to see him unless he's here and he said look here's his number if you're throwing up and the pain gets so bad you can't take it, uh, just go to the emergency room. And then you're probably going to have emergency surgery on your gallbladder. But I'd rather wait if you can hold out because you're not in pain and you're not throwing up. And I said, what about the other side? He goes, well, it sounds like you got another stone. That makes sense why you had blood in your urine. Okay, well... I've already okayed you for some more Vicodin, and I go, listen, Doc, I have a whole bottle of that stuff. I don't like taking that stuff. It's too, um, it's really good, you know? It's I don't really know. good. Um, it's easy to like really fast. Now, so is it it's just the pain relief, or is there something else going on with Vicodin that's really well, it's, likable? Uh, like whatever it is, hydrocodone or whatever that's in there. It's a narcotic. I don't it, know what that means. It it makes you feel good. Feel Mentally, good. Mentally. Dr. At, feel at good. At the same time, it's killing the pain. So it kills the pain and it makes you feel like yeah. you conquer the world. Yeah, but the problem is is they give you Vicodin and it's uh it's an analgesic. It's not a um it's not a uh, uh what do you call it? Uh it's a Mr. Pharmacy here. It's not a anti inflammatory like an ibuprofen. Like an Advil. Yeah. Right. So uh, I do, I have my own cocktail, because Xanax <laughs> seems to be great for me. So I take a Xanax, and then... Half a Xanax or a full Xanax? A full. I, a when, full. When you I got this to pain, full. I go full-out Xanax, and then three ibuprofen, which is 600 milligrams. All right, so you used to be a half a Xanax guy, now you're a full Xanax no, no, no. guy. I'm a half, I'm still a half. But you just said you take a full... Oh, for uh, for pain like that, for yeah. pain like this, you yeah. take a full Xanax and three ibuprofen. Yeah, ibuprofen. So it <laughs> it like mellows me out. So I'm like writhing around, and then it finally kind of mellows me out, and then I eventually fall asleep. So I just curled up under a blanket, fell asleep till I don't know five five thirty, and uh, woke up. Came downstairs, talked to the wife. Um, 
She's like, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's okay. It's moving. I can feel it. She's like, really? I said, and so basically it starts in the back. And then you can feel it move to the side. Now, this whole time, this whole time this is going on, you feel like you got to take a piss, like, all the time. Like, but you every don't. minute. Like, you whip it yeah. out and nothing happens? Yeah. Every minute you feel like you got to take a leak. So, and you got that, it's a weird kind of burning in your loins. Now, some people say they get a burning, like, at the tip of their schwantz. But mine's deeper. It's like uh, it's not like a burning so much. It's just like an urge, and I'm like, yeah, I could feel it moving. I could feel it moving. And then feel I feel what moving the, the stone. The stone, yeah, you can feel it, and it gets you know. Once you've had like th- three already, you get used to what it's going. What's going on? So you so know it's coming. I know it's coming. Then at some point, it drops into the bladder. So, and once it's in the bladder, how long is it there? Is it like, it's literally it's coming out? It depends it's on come. how big it is. Um, so you know if it's if it's big and sharp, it could get caught in your urethra, oh. and then you got to like pinch your schwantz and then start building up the pee. So and and pressing the and pressure, then you just, and then you just let it open, and then it shoots out. Uh, so I figured it's it got it was pretty close to time to give birth. So I you know went up to the toilet, looked, studied the inside of the toilet, make sure it was all clean. Sat down, <laughs> dangled my junk, took a leak. Wait a minute, why? What do you have to make sure it's all clean? Well, I want to make sure that because you got to fish out the fishing stone? it out is it's not a peanut or something from you know a leftover turd i don't know <laughs> i see so wait a minute so how do you don't um how do you fish this thing out it doesn't float right i would no, assume it goes straight to the bottom as you do that with your well, hand i tried i tried like, and- i tried with like a stick or something i couldn't get it and I didn't want to run down and get tongs, so I just stuck my hand in there and grabbed Why it. Why don't you get, like, the uh, thing that you, uh, you know, when you make spaghetti and you put that in, what do they call that? A strainer? Yeah, a strainer. Why don't you <laughs> piss into a strainer? It's Well, it's more like a colander. It's Whatever. The holes are too big. Oh. So, and she did, the wife did buy me this uh, strainer. It's like a coffee strainer. It's a very fine, fine strainer, but Especially I forgot. Especially for pissing and passing stones. Yeah. So I just took a whiz, and I'm like, hey, it's there. There it is. Wait a minute. It was a surprise? Like, you didn't feel it? No. Going from the shaft to the tip? No, it wasn't like the very first time. The very first time was all bloody, and and then uh, it came out, and it was was twice the size of that. And it was sharp and spinning like an arrowhead, (laughs) and then the rest was shrapnel. It was like pissing an arrowhead, yeah. like a fossilized yeah. arrowhead. The this came. This is like a. It's a stone. It looks like a pebble. You can rattle it around in that Dixie cup. So I'm saving it to bring to the doctor. But it's about three millimeters. So, yeah, not too bad. And you it know, was kind of smooth, so it wasn't as it wasn't as bad. It was very painful though. It took all day. All and day. Yeah, and then and then this then I felt great Saturday and Sunday. I felt really good Sunday. 
And then I woke up yesterday, and I I woke up at 4 a.m., and I could not go back to sleep. I just thought I was going to puke. Is it back pain or just nausea? Just not. It's like nausea, like you can't believe, and then you got diarrhea. and Diarrhea. And then at some point, I'm like, I got to go to work. Hey, what is that one sliding into first and and then diarrhea? What is that? Sliding in the first, and you really have a thirst, diarrhea. You really have a thirst. That's what it is. I don't know. Come on, that's not it. All right, our listeners, they'll they'll hook us up. If you're sliding in the first, what's the next line? Diarrhea. Um, So a couple of things. One is you said give birth. I'm going to prepare to give birth. You know, I I talk to my wife about that. Like um, when I'm I, I have a bad duty, right? I'll say, hey, I got to go give birth. And she is so fucking upset <laughs> that I compare passing a turd with passing a child. <laughs> How dare I? Uh, and I'm never allowed to say giving birth yeah. when talking about duty. And the other thing is, you, we, you, John, you and I, we're over 40 now, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of things that happen over 40. Yeah. To your body, physically. The one that I don't like at all, I don't like it, and it happens almost every day because, you know, I'm, <laughs> I do a lot of physical activity now and I drink a lot of water, so I, I try to maintain, you know, hydration. So yeah. I, I always have this full bladder and I always, I always wait till the last second to take a leak. Yeah. Now, when I was younger, this shit would explode in the urinal, and it was it was a good feeling, you know. Yeah, you gotta yeah, you'd have to worry about the splash and that kind of thing. But it was good. It was it was it was invigorating. After forty, you get the same sensation, right? You run to the urinal, you whip it out, and then you wait. It just kind of dribbles. Yeah, you wait, and it's like, what is? Why isn't it exploding like it used to? I don't like that. That's the... When's the last time you had the finger in the ass? My main complaint about over 40. Um, like nine months ago. I got an appointment coming ah. up. Are you saying it's a prostate issue? It may be. Do you still explode? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I gotta don't. stand there for a while, but then... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I, I'm standing there for a while, and I'm exp- it, when it does come on, it comes on strong. But it's not instantaneous <laughs> like it used to be, and that really bugs me. Really bugs me. It's uh, when you're sliding into first and your pants begin to burst. Diarrhea. When you're sliding into two and your pants are filled with poo. <laughs> When you're sliding into third and you feel a greasy turd. <laughs> when you're sliding into home and your pants are filled with foam. Yeah. When yeah. you're there in the huddle. Yeah. And you're standing in a puddle. <laughs> Diarrhea. When you just made a tackle and it's splattered out like spackle. Diarrhea. Yeah. Yeah. When you're out for a pass and it blows right out your ass. <laughs> Remember that story I told you when I 
sleep in a bed. I was so sick with I was e. coli. just thinking about that. And, I, and, it, and, it and you just, left a blast pattern. Blast pattern. <laughs> you can see the curve of my ass and then this spray on the bed. Oh, it was so... Oh, oh. You get rid of those sheets, right? You yeah. Don't, you don't wash them. They're gone. I mean, you can't... I got them off so fast and I'm like dripping on the floor <laughs> <laughs> that they didn't soak through. I mean, it was like, whoosh, I, I, I jumped up. Uh, it, that was the worst how sick I was then. And that was from that E. coli poisoning, which I've had twice. Well, you could wash them. Right, and then donate yeah. them. That yeah, I think right. they were thrown out, though. Yeah, you, know, you got to throw them. The wife out. was sleeping in a different bed, too. What do they she, call that? That's she would have like been a... nailed. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a, a chemical hazard. Yeah, what do they call that? <laughs> biohazard. A biohazard, yeah. yeah. It's like an E.T. when those guys yeah. come in with the big suits. That's what they got to do to get rid of that. Would have sprayed it up her back. Oh, I forgot to play that. You know that supposed to play that. That's right. We have shit stories. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, my, uh, my shit has been, I, I go from constipation to diarrhea to, con- I don't know what's going on. It's your gallbladder, man. Gallbladder. <sighs> your wife had that too? Or she no? had it taken out. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. Well, mine's coming out. I, I can't take it anymore. It's giving me so much anxiety. Can I eat this? Is it going to, you know, wig out on me? Am I going to get nauseous? I mean, I don't feel good now. I feel like shit. We need to talk to my wife because when you do have your gallbladder out, it's a different thing going on. Yeah. And it's like a daily thing. What do you mean? Well, I can't remember exactly what she told me. <laughs> Such a wonderful so you husband. Need to talk to her. I need to talk to her. <laughs> you give her so much attention. <laughs> don't I? I'm yeah. Mr. Romance. Honey, let's talk about your gallbladder. I don't know what's going on. You talk to her. <laughs> it's very nice. Hey, man. If I was getting my gallbladder out, I'd have that conversation with her, but I'm yeah. not. Right? But it is different. Without yeah. Yeah. the gallbladder. It's different eating? Different. No, eating is the same. After that is different. Oh. After the eating. Yes, after the eating. Um, yeah, I was talking to my sister-in-law, and she said for like three years... She had back pain and nausea and just felt like shit all the time. After getting her gallbladder? No, no, before. Before. And then they realized, because she had kidney stones too, like big ones, where they had to take them out. Ooh! And um, and she got her gallbladder removed. She goes, oh, it's the best thing I ever did. I can eat whatever I want now. (laughs) I think that's the key phrase right there. That might be dangerous for me. Right? Yeah. That's the key phrase. Yeah. That's the selling point right there. Yeah. Take this goddamn thing out of me so I can eat cheeseburgers again. You know, and I think I can. I just don't. I think what really kicked it in was um, I went I went and met Joe for lunch at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and had a delicious 
dozen wings. And then one day after work, or not after work, at lunch, I, I went there and did. A, I called in and got a pickup of a dozen. And I I kind of enjoy the new dry rubs that they have. I don't want them slathered with all that butter and grease. You know, just deep fry them. You know, without and dry the, rub them and dry rub them. Uh, and I just pounded them like really fast because I was in a hurry, get back to work, and then that night I was sick, like just the shits like crazy, and it just continued, you know, uh, for a couple of days, and. Uh, and that was when I took off for a week and I was like man I told my wife I feel like shit you know the only thing I could do was clean the garage I want I had a list of stuff to do I just couldn't do anything I felt miserable and I said I was gonna go to the doctor and I held off and then I waited another week and then I finally went and saw him and that's when he started ordering all these tests so I'm thinking next uh, Monday or Tuesday I'll be seeing him, and then I'll be seeing a surgeon. Surgeon. Now, hold on, John. You told me about a gig coming up, and the gig is yeah, at... Uh, May 25th. PJ? PJ? PS Pub. P- <laughs> Why do I call it PJs, so man? PS Yeah. <laughs> PS Pub, May 25th. That's a Saturday. Yeah. All right. So let's say you go see the surgeon. The surgeon's like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take this thing out of you, and we're gonna schedule it for May seventh. Whatever. Yeah. Are you gonna be able to play drums May twenty fifth if you have surgery May? I don't know. I gotta ask him. You gotta ask him. Hey, can I play drums? You know. Well, this kind of surgery, you're gonna be in bed for a week, right? So you can yeah. count on that. A week. Yeah. And then uh, if it's routine, you know, what if there's something else wrong? What if there's complications? Like what? If it's routine, compli- if it's routine, uh, they have this thing called the Da Vinci Robot, which will uh, you're in at 10 a.m. and you're out by eight, 8 p.m. Your same day. You go oh home. no, that's not what happened to my wife. My wife thought it was outpatient, but they made her stay the night. It I'll depends. have to ask her. Did you have the Da Vinci? It depends. What is that, the Da Vinci? It's a it's a robot that goes it goes up your tetanus and no, then yeah no it goes in through your uh, like your belly button one hole <laughs> one hole tetanus yeah your one hole <laughs> tetanus and then uh, <laughs> and it pulls it out and it, it what it does it's it goes into your belly button area blows your stomach up for some room to work and then they go in there and. I saw a video of it. I probably shouldn't watch that, but I had to. And uh, they show you how they they you know uh, take one of the the common bile duct. There's three of them, and they clamp one off, and then they cut it, and they clamp you know the the gallbladder, and then they cut two main arteries, and they cauterize them. But before they do all that, they got to cut this sack that holds your gallbladder in there to your liver uh it looks pretty involved i guess it's routine for doctors now but it looks pretty you know involved to me 
Anytime they got to cut you open, that is yeah. a major intervention. So with my size, it could be, and they could go laparoscopic with the three holes, or they could go, dude, you're too fat. We're going to have to cut you wide open. And then they'd have to cut like a six inch incision along my rib cage and then go in that way. So they wouldn't have to like bust your ribs open like no, heart surgery. No. But she'd have a really cool fucking scar, yeah. right? Yeah. And then that recovery is a long time. And you know What's the recovery on that? Like six weeks? No, it's it's it could be like three three days in the hospital. And then um but I guess they get you up walking right away. I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody yet. They, you know, I got to go to somebody to talk about it, and you know, it'll give me my options. So it sounds like you've already made your decision. Get this fucking thing out of me. Yeah, because if it's just ca- causing all this misery, you know, I got enough shit on my mind. You know, I'm I I've done a ton of research on it, and everything points to stress, 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 stress could cause your um like you know weight stress a lot of things but stress is one of a right one of a, the causes of but of hold on the, uh, not all stress is bad stress is good we evolved with stress so that when we're in stressful situations we act accordingly but too much stress yeah. seems to cause problems. Yeah. So you're this too much stress kind of a guy. Well, I don't know how you, like, I, I try to put myself in your shoes and say, well, how come Scott never, like, gets worked up? I mean, I've pushed his buttons on. I did I, get where I told you I, I wanted to punch you in the fucking face yeah. once. But that I, was after, what, a 15-year relationship? Right. Punch me in the fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh I'm pretty good at getting somebody worked up by pushing the buttons, right? Um, but you stay cool, man. You stay okay. I said I'm sorry. I'm not going to suck your cock, okay? <laughs> you know, he kept saying that. <laughs> but I thought you were. I'm gay, but you didn't. Instead, you were like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, okay, asshole." You know, you're really I'm calm. Sorry. I'm very calm. I'm very laid back. Uh, my Although, wife has a theory about that. Yeah. She thinks, you know, I grew up uh, with my grandmother, and I mentioned my uncle before with the weed, and I had two uncles, and they were both heavy, heavy pot smokers. And her theory is that when I was like an infant and growing up, because I grew up with them, they would smoke weed and blow it in my face. That's why I'm so laid back now. <laughs> well, for me, I don't know what it is. I... um I don't know what it is. I, I some everything bothers me, you know. Especially at work, it seems like every little thing. Especially, um, you know, you talk about being people being considerate or understanding the breadth of a project. You know how much work is going to be in it, or or they just throw caution to the wind and they have expectations that are completely unrealistic and i've always managed towards i manage the worst case scenario because i don't believe in managing the best case scenario because well you wouldn't need me if if there was a best case scenario on on every project it's the worst case scenario that's always the part that holds it up and you're trying to minimize the risk. That's what I try to do. I always try to see all the problems that are potential 
and then try to minimize that, mitigate it as much as possible. Uh, but I get in these meetings and people are just like, well, we want it yesterday. And, and then I go through the, the problem. Well, that's not my problem. You know, you figure it out. And there's no, sometimes there's no other talent around that can help you with those situations. So it ends up being my problem. And I guess I got to just like kind of let it go sometimes and just go, you know what? I can't do anything about that. Uh, but if you tell somebody, I don't think we're going to make it to this deadline because there's this, this, and this, then all of a sudden it's, well, have everybody work 24-7. I don't give a fuck. And you still know that if everybody works 24-7... It's still not going to work. It's still not going to work. So it's like throw as much shit against the wall as you can and see if how much sticks, you know? Well, Which to me ends up being a complete, not only waste of time, resources, it's a waste of... Uh, it, it just it just doesn't accomplish anything. It it, it costs money, mo- you know. Pisses people off. Morale yeah. sucks. Exactly. Well, have you ever had formal project management training? No. Okay. So there's time, scope, and resources. Those are your three yeah. things, right? So you, if you if you uh, take your requirements and you match them up to those things, and you say, "Hey, here we are. This is what we have," and that shit always changes. Usually, it's the scope. Scope changes, right? So, either I get more resources or I get more time. Uh, that's what you bargain with. But you have to lay the baseline first. And so that's, you have to, and you, you mentioned expectations. You, ex, you uh, manage to worst case scenario. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because usually the project, what's funny about it is when you're talking project management, you're talking about you're in charge of a project requirements are signed off on and all that i'm in a position of middle management where they could give two shits okay we made some agreements but sorry we're pushing that line no i don't care that we had an agreement before that's changed too bad no no i told you that if you push this line this way this and this is probably going to happen bad and it's not going to be good. Going to happen bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be bad. And they don't give a shit. No. Yeah. See, that's you need to leave that environment. Yeah. Because that is, is not bad. healthy, and and because you're good at what you do, and because um, when I move from a developer, so yeah. a developer is is what's called an individual contributor. Right. Right. And then I was lead developer. And then you move into project management, but you still have this individual contributor mentality, which, right. which um, I had a great mentor who told me, quit fucking bailing that, those sorry assholes out <laughs> because I could do the work yeah. and I see that they weren't doing the work. So instead of managing them as a project manager, I would do the work. Yeah. And I had this mentor that was fucking on me every day that said, stop fucking doing their job and manage them. You're a project manager now. You're not an individual contributor. Yeah, and you fuck up the metrics that way, too. Right. Measuring. 
So what you need to do is get out of this yeah. individual contributing mode. And um, well, no, I don't. And that's one thing I learned too this, years ago because I used to just jump in and take over. Um, my delegation skills are way up there now. I mean, I delegate like crazy, but um, I can see where no, no matter what I delegate, that these the resources I might have or the amount of time, like you said, time and resources. Either or are lacking. Now, sometimes you can just throw more resources at it or throw more time, and it works. But I have a couple of formulas that tell me mathematically that they're not going to work, especially if one little thing goes wrong. And uh, it's just, it's sometimes they just, well, I'd say every time, it just doesn't matter. Um, so now I'm. I might just say, well, "Okay, yeah, no problem. It'll be delivered." And then I'm just going to ask for forgiveness later because it seems like that's how everybody else is in the company. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we're going to hit that number, and then it comes and goes, and oh, you know what happened? Yeah, it rained that day. Yeah, I don't know. My yeah. car wouldn't start. Dog ate my homework. The hot water heater. And they went still out. work there, you know. So my wife said to me, either you find a way to relax or you need to find a new job. Right. So, okay. Do you see a way to relax? I don't know. We'll have to get the gallbladder (laughs) out. Well, you're a worst case scenario guy, right? Yeah. Worst case scenario, they fire you. Yeah. You can relax then, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No doubt, Scott. No doubt, John. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, yeah, so I got to uh, learn how to relax. Um, you got Xanax already. Yeah. I can get you some weed. <laughs> you know what I was thinking today? Before we did the band thing, before we did the podcast thing, we used to hook up on a Sunday night to go see movies. Yeah. John and Scott movie night. And sometimes Joe would come. Right. Or whoever. We got to do that again. Yeah. Because there's movies that my wife is completely not interested right. in that I want to see. Same here. So we need to reinstate John and Scott movie night. Yeah. Sunday nights. Because no we doubt. do this on Monday now, John. Yes. Tentatively. It's correct. You are correct, sir. That is right. I did see a movie this weekend. I also saw... I saw a couple of movies, John. One in the theater. A couple on DVD. Nice. Yeah. What'd you see? I saw Olympus has fallen. That is the um, Gerard Butler. And what is it about? What is it about? Is Ben Affleck in there? No. Is um, Morgan Freeman in yeah, there? Yeah. Yeah. Is he the president? No, he's Secretary of State, but he becomes acting president. Ah, there you go. It's basically about. Um, uh. It kind of opens up with Gerard Butler. He's the main head Secret Service guy to the president, and an accident happens, and uh, he doesn't really get blamed for it, but he blames himself for it, so he ends up becoming uh, like a treasury cop, a cop for the treasury, and he's kind of depressed, and he wants to get back in, and... 
So he's hanging out at the Treasury and shit's heating up with North and South Korea. And uh, the Koreans uh, attacked the White House. <laughs> the North Koreans? Yeah. Yeah. They attacked the White Well, yeah, it is the North Koreans. But it's not like Kim Jong-un or whatever. It's, it's uh, like a bunch of, uh, what do you call them, renegades. North Korean renegades. But they're... Highly trained. And Can I stop you there? Yeah. Can we just segue to Kim Jong Un for a second? Sure. Is that his name, Kim Jong Un? Something like that. Yeah. Is he like the biggest fucking douche on the yeah. planet? Yeah, pretty much. What is wrong with him and the people that uh, they just fall in line and he's yeah. the leader? Is North Korea one of those things where I just, I talked and I farted out of my mouth? Did you hear that? <laughs> Um, is North Korea one of those countries where they <laughs> where they think he's a god? I don't is know. Is that how he gets away with well, this? Well, you know, sometimes when they they uh, block every you know what everybody can see, they have no right. idea Propaganda. what's going on on the other side. But on the on the same on the same note, are we getting propaganda about how fucking dumb he is? Is that all propaganda as well? Yeah. I mean, maybe he's brilliant. I don't know. It's just whatever the news is feeding us. Um, but he seems like the biggest fucking moron on the planet. I'd rather have Forrest Gump running... Uh, well, he seems like a nice guy. But Kim Jong-un just <laughs> seems like an inbred uh, a dunce. Like, he doesn't yeah. know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, do you I get that know. impression? Well, I I know that one of their their only export is weaponry and technology for weapons. So, uh, doing these launches and stuff like that, they're probably doing demos for buyers. Um, but this whole thing, like, don't mess with us, or we're gonna fuck you up. It's like, okay, dude. Have you, you seen some of the propaganda yeah. films? Now, are those is that? Did somebody create that in their basement, and then they say that that's a North Korean film? No, I, don't I don't know. know. If it really comes from North Korea, if they really spent time on that, what the fuck is going on over there? <laughs> I don't know. But this movie is kind of based on some mentality. Anyway, uh, it's pretty... You know, like, I, I always love these movies that that are in your face, and there's a lot of shooting and explosions, and spend some money on the film, you know, and entertain me. I want to feel like I'm in it. Right. And it has a lot of that, but, like, again, I said, uh, you know, stuff that has to be, it doesn't have to work scientifically to me if it's fantasy or whatever, but it's got to... F- you know, follow the story, and it did pretty much. But there, the opening like attack on the White House is this giant, uh, like C one thirty prop plane that flies right into the fucking uh, Washington airspace, Washington D.C. airspace, and and two F fourteens scramble and. They're like, you got to get out of here. And clearly, you could tell this is not a 
you know, like a like Cessna. A dummy doesn't know where he's going. Yeah, like a stupid Cessna flying towards the White House. This is a fucking bomber, you know? And these Gatlin guns pop up and these, like, M50 Gatlin guns shoot down the two <laughs> jets. And then this thing banks left and starts shooting up the mall and the lawn and, and it's just ripping people apart. And, uh... Yeah, the Secret Service are really dumb. You know, they're they're just like horrible, uh, like Keystone Cops. But the movie's very. Um, it, it'll remind you of like Die Hard. It's very, very much in the vein of the Die Hard film, and Gerard Butler becomes the uh, you know the kick ass hero that can beat everybody. And there are some pretty good parts, some funny parts that made me laugh out loud. But while all this is going down and the carnage, and there's a couple people that get brutally killed, you know, uh, executed. My wife, my wife is freaking out because we brought her son. <laughs> is it R? It's is R it rated. rated. <laughs> and I'm like, are you sure about this? You know, and but he's oh, seen yeah. that on he's he's a video gamer, yeah. right? So he's seen that yeah. kind of stuff, video game wise, right? Yeah, it's a little it's a little different with the video game, but um, uh, as this is going out, she's going, oh my god, oh, and we brought a friend of his. Who they're very Christian. They go to the Christian church down the street, and you know he'll be over. And hey, uh, you know he's got to come home. He's got Bible study before he goes to Awana's. And uh, and I said his name's Randy. I said Randy, uh, did you ask your mom? You know, tell your parents that it's R-rated. This is an R-rated film. Yeah. What did she say? Ah, she couldn't find my dad, so she said, yeah, go ahead, go go see the movie. So we get out of the movie afterwards, and I'm nervous now. I'm like, oh, my. I go, dude, listen, tell your parents it was a cartoon, okay? It was like Lady and the Tramp or something. Don't tell them it was like this. And this kid and my son were both like, that could never happen. Uh, like a C-130 could fly in there. Oh, Stupid. There's no way. Well, hold on, dude. You're getting nervous about this? See, this is why you have too much stress. Yeah. The parents said he can go. And if it was the worst fucking movie ever, let's say it was porn. They showed porn instead of this movie. (laughs) I would think of it just like, well, I mean, he's going to see it sooner or later. Oh, see, that's Everybody has the experience. No, 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 no. That's not the way I parent, okay? I know. I'm not I talking about the way you parent. I'm, <laughs> oh, my, focus, my daughter's going to smoke pot someday. Here, right. here's a joint. My focus is on the, your anxiety about oh, this. Yeah. Why would you get no, anxious about this? I wasn't this? really you anxious. You just said I was ner- when we got out. Well, I was so nervous, like a good nervous, like not a not, good not like nervous. A stressed out. <laughs> I'm going to have a fucking grabber nervous, like I am at work. It's uh, more like oh, jeez, you know I. I'm going to have a talk with him real quick. Uh, and I found it impressive, you know, that they're, they're both 14. They're young adults. And uh, and they, they handled it really information. well. Yes. Yeah, they, they were like, this is that. That could never happen. Oh, my God. And then they started arguing about Vietnam in the car on the way home. They had an argument. What was the position? Uh, well, my son... 
he reads a lot of history. He's he's a big history buff in World War Two and one and Vietnam, and he's got a couple of books about war. And he, uh, they were talking about uh, Vietnam, and and you know it was uh, we went to war to avoid uh, you know the spread of communism and all that and. And then his friend's like, you don't know what you're talking about. There was no reason to go to war. Oh, yeah, there was. The spread of communism. You don't get it. But if that, (laughs) you know. And then my son is saying, look, I'm not telling you it was a good reason. I'm just telling you that was what they were telling everybody. And that's what the president was telling everybody at the time. And my wife's yelling, be quiet back there. You're only 14. What do you know about Vietnam? Mom, we read about it in social studies. Right, and we can talk <laughs> about it. Friend, Come on. And then his friend is like, oh, yeah, we read about it in social studies. Here we go. Another lesson about, you know, what happened war-wise. Boring. And he's it was hilarious. <laughs> and then he, did, he was pretty funny. My son says, uh, so... Uh, we were having some lunch before the film, and we got done, and um, my son was saying, we were talking, I was talking about how sick I was the other night, and and uh, and he said, yeah, I remember when I was, like, really sick, too, and I go, well, no, what time? And he gestures with his hand, like, like shit spraying out of his ass, you know? <laughs> what kind of gesture is that? He, well, like, he... <laughs> Like he was aiming his fingers down in a downward motion. I see. And I go, oh, oh, I see. I go, I go. So you don't want to talk about it. Well, Dad, we're eating, and mom, you know, how mom is. I go, what? 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 What are you? What are you talking about? Well, I had diarrhea. Remember? I, you know, God, you know. Now I'm gonna know how to embarrass my kids when they get when they're my age. And uh, and his friend goes. By how? how? By pooping on him? (laughs) (laughs) I lost it, man. (laughs) How? By pooping on him? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I got some stories about my kids. But before that, what do you give this movie? How many Spiny Normans for... The, what is it called? The Olympus Falls? Has fallen. Has fallen. What is it? Uh, out of four? <sighs> yeah, four Spiny Normans. What uh, two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, Gerard Butler was great in the movie. Um, it was, I'm telling you, man, it was just a way more over-the-top version of Die Hard. Is basically what it was. More over the top than the original Die Hard, yeah. or like the yeah. latest Die Hard, the original. Okay. And there's another one coming out called uh, White House Down, and that's with uh, Chainum Tangning. Chainum Tangning. Chainum Tangning. Chainum Tangning. And that's with domestic terrorists. Ah, domestic. Yes. Uh, yeah, and we'll get to the Boston Marathon a little yeah. bit later. So. Uh, quick story about my daughter. She's struggling with biology. So I've been uh, helping her with biology. And we go over her textbook. We go over 
uh, concepts. We go over all this stuff, and her grade is kind of improving, but it's not improving as much as it should, right? So I'm working with my daughter. I'm going over biology, and my son comes over. He's like, hey, he whispers, hey, Dad. I'm like, yeah. Now, my daughter's 15. My son is nine. Yeah. He's like, uh, yeah, I think I know why Emma's not doing well in biology. I'm like, really? Oh, why? And he shows me her homework. Yeah, she doesn't answer the questions in full sentences. So for the first time, I look at her homework, and I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) there's a question, and her answer is, first of all, it's cryptic. It's not a full sentence. He's right. So I, we start to use this as a study uh, tool, John. Yeah. I'm like, you got to write full sentences. And she looks at me like, oh my God, you're so lame, Dad. Nobody writes full sentences. This is the yeah, 2013. This is, yeah, we, we, this is when we text and we, uh, you know, we cut shit short. Yeah, you Nobody are. Nobody writes full sentences. You are. Just a you and an R. <laughs> So I'm like, look, hey, you got to, this is the problem. You got to <laughs> write. And she would have like, uh, because it is so-and-so. I'm like, well, you got to explain what it is. I don't know what it is. What <laughs> it are you referring to? Let's start by writing full sentences and see how we do. And uh, since that episode, her grade is starting to to rapidly rise in biology. Yeah. And I owe it all to my nine-year-old son, nice. which is so fucking cool because I don't have to worry about him. Yeah. Academically, he's covered. Socially, <laughs> I see some issues in his future. <laughs> Academically, he's all right. Where Emma, socially, no problem. Yeah. Academically, we need some work. Yeah. My daughter got uh, student of the quarter over at, wow. uh, at the high school. That's out of sight. Yeah. And the son, uh, Bianerol, again. Oh, he's missed an assignment, and he he's like eight-tenths or something. His grade point average, average I think it, if it's over a 3.6, it's a uh, it's an A honor roll. But he's a 3.529 or something. Right. It's like just hundreds of a point away. Um, but... Uh, yeah, he was he was he was doing homework. One of his classes was some sort of uh, they I don't know what they call it, but it's like home ec, and they had to make some stuff. They had to like make scrambled eggs and explain how they did it, and each station they worked at, and how they worked with their peers, and what the feedback was. And then there's a vocabulary part. And he writes down for the vocab station, I hate vocab. I don't want to do it because it sucks. And I'm like, what? You're going to turn in this piece of paper that says that? Yeah. I don't like doing it. So I'm just being honest. I said, no, you're. I don't care if you like doing it or not. You're not handing this crap in. <laughs> My daughter's cracking up, man. Nathan, what are you doing? You can't like write down, I don't like it. I don't want to do it because it sucks. He writes it sucks at his homework. Wow. 
That's Mr. Schmuel's excuse. So I, I'm just being honest. Yeah, so I made him rewrite it. And he actually got an A nice. on, on it. But if I said, imagine if you turned it in with that, what do you think your score would have been? Um, B plus? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> think again. Unbelievable. <laughs> right on. Kids. Kids, John. Yeah, my daughter's probably going to get her license any any day any now. Day. Nice. We got to get her a car. That's out of sight. Well, my kids, this summer, my son's going away to camp for four weeks. Whoa. In North Carolina. My daughter, I think, for two weeks. Um, So that's cool. And then my daughter's doing summer school and... Uh, I think my son is doing something academic. Oh, I was at uh, Reptile Fest, John. Reptile yeah. Fest, yeah. Saw that picture. It's out of sight. What am I? Am I putting you to yeah, sleep? Sorry, <laughs> dude. I, I'm exhausted. I, I've had a rough, rough couple rough, of weeks. Rough. My bedtime is ten fifteen every night now. It's already nine forty-seven. All right. Well, let's uh, let's uh, wrap this up. Let me get let's through movies, wrap John. This up. Let me get through movies. Um, now, last week we got cut off right when I started talking about yeah. movies. So I saw Zero Dark Thirty. I recommend that. It's long, but it's good. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, my son wants to see that. Uh, it brings up some moral uh, questions about torture. Yeah. And uh, what the most interesting thing about that whole movie is, so they're doing this waterboarding, and then they go beyond waterboarding, like with the leash... And treating them like dogs, and, yeah. and they're naked. And my wife said, what do you think about that? And I said, well, I, I just don't think that's right. And she said, yeah, I don't agree with you. And I was shocked by that. I was shocked by that. Wow. And I didn't. I was so shocked by it, I didn't ask any other questions. Um, so that was the most interesting thing to me about Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, yeah. I saw Lincoln. Lincoln was very good. Uh, Lincoln was a kick-ass <laughs> yeah, dude. Cut off, right? <laughs> yeah. So, in context, when you think about the context of 150 years ago, and we have people today that are still racist, right? So, yeah. uh, the I guess the the civil rights movement of today is for you know uh, homosexual marriage and that kind of thing. But there are still people that think that black people should go back to Africa or whatever. And 150 years ago, the majority of people, I mean, slavery was the economic survival for the South. And even in the North, they thought that. And for Lincoln to do what he did, and they show you, they put it in context, and they show you the negotiations he had to go through, and the dumbass people he had to listen to. Now, John, you say I'm laid back. I say Lincoln was the most laid-back motherfucker on the planet because he would meet with... Did you see Lincoln yet? No. He would meet with people, and they would spout the most ridiculous shit on the fucking planet. And he didn't get offended. He didn't get whatever. He was just like, mm, that's a, that's interesting, and and he would move on. You know, he would absorb, he would absorb the information, and he would move yeah. on. I would have lost my fucking mind. And... I, <laughs> It goes back to cynicism. I'm very cynical, but I'm starting to see the light, John. I'm starting to see the light. 
Um, having a revelation here at this age, I'm very cynical. But I'm starting to see the reason I'm so cynical is because the people that annoy me are it's confirmation bias and um, cognitive dissonance, right? Yeah. I don't want to segue into this now because I have some more movies to get to, but hold that thought. All right. We'll get back to that. Holding it. All right, so Lincoln, I, I really enjoyed that. It's a long movie as well, but uh, it was just so well done, and the acting is so good. Um, Spielberg did that one, right? Um, was it Spielberg? I don't know. I think so. I saw The Croods, John. The Croods you, you with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. That's good. I recommend that. Check that out. Now, I think you've seen this one. I saw this on DVD. Here Comes the Boom. Yeah. It yeah. was really good. I really enjoyed that. It was a really good time. And it gets back to expectations. My expectations were like, who the fuck names a movie Here Comes the Boom? This has got to suck. Nah. I laughed out loud so many yeah, times. Yeah, it's funny. My kids it's good. It's, but it's, you know, it's it's a formula. But it's a, it's a well-done yeah. formula, right? And... and I like Kevin James a lot. Salma Hayek is in it. I love Salma Hayek. Yeah. Uh, since I saw her in... Um, what the hell was that movie with Antonio Banderas? Uh, damn it, I can't remember the that movie. He's a killer. Yeah, he's a killer. He plays a guitar yeah. and kills people. Um, the banjo player. <laughs> no, he's not a banjo player. <laughs> <laughs> El Mariachi. El Ma- right, El Mariachi was the original, yeah. and this was the remake. And it starts with a D, I think? D. It starts with a D. Anyway, uh, so oh. here comes the boom. Uh, and Arthur Fonzarelli's in that. He's a music teacher. Right. <laughs> Love that movie. I really enjoyed yeah. Here Comes uh, the boom. Yeah, I, I laughed out loud. And it was touching. At one point, uh, Arthur Fonzarelli, as a music teacher, makes this speech about why music is important and why this program is important. I didn't tear up, but I, I almost, you know, fit, like mentally I teared up. But you felt them. I felt it, but it didn't actually happen. Um, oh, I saw End of Watch, John. Have you seen End of Watch? With Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena? Pena? I like him a lot, too. No. That is a really good movie. I liked it a lot. My wife did not. I think she enjoyed it. She didn't enjoy it as much as I did. And I asked her why, and she started to explain it, and it didn't make any sense to me. And she could tell that it didn't make sense to me, so she said, yeah, this is not making sense to you, so I'm not going to talk anymore. So I really don't know why... (laughs) She didn't like <laughs> I liked it. Didn't you just say, like, that's because you're a girl? <laughs> no, no, man. Why not? I offer you, nothing but understanding, you John. chicken shit. <laughs> Aren't I? Yeah. I need to say that next time. That's because you're a woman. All right? Man up. <laughs> um, you don't have any testicles. So it's... it's it's really weird, and I never kind of figured out that they start out with this theme, like Jake Gyllenhaal's a cop, and he's filming himself because he's going to film school as well. But then that kind of that goes away at some point, and they never really. So I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah, but um, 
You know how I hate the shaky camera. Yeah, I fucking right. hate it. But because it's him filming himself, and and I have that perception, the shaky camera is okay in that instance. But it only goes through half of the movie, and then it kind of takes over, and then, and then it's like a normal movie for the for the second half of the movie. So that, and they never kind of provided closure for that whole thing. Like, hey, I'm filming a movie for film school, and then it never, that theme never came up again. So that was kind of odd. What was that? What movie? End of Watch. End of Watch. End of Watch. Very good. Very violent. Um, Yeah, that's the one where there's a hit out on them. Yeah, so they they fuck up, they, they invade the wrong house that's a cartel. And the cartel goes after him, and uh, it's an it's kind of an interesting ending, and um, I liked it. I just liked it. All right, so let me go over the movies here. So uh, Zero Dark Thirty, I give it uh, three out of four. Lincoln, four out of four. Crudes, three and a half out of four. Here comes the boom, three and a half out of four. End of Watch, three out of four. And I saw one movie at the theater, John, just yesterday. Can you guess what I saw? No. Jurassic Park in 3D, John. Oh, Jesus. So I saw Jurassic Park when it first came out, and I remember not really liking it. I was like, yeah, I I don't get what all the shit is about, right? So then I have a son, and we get the DVD, and my son is completely into dinosaurs, and he loves this movie. He's seen this movie at least 100 times, which means I've seen it an additional 50 times. (laughs) But I haven't seen the whole thing because DVD, you can fast forward, right? Yeah. So my son fast forwards to the parts he yeah, likes. right. So we go and we sit down. We're at the theater in 3D. And I thought they did a really nice job on the 3D. But the first fucking hour of that movie yeah. is a fucking snooze fest <laughs> <laughs> until the T-Rex shows up. Right. But... Uh, the first hour includes one of my favorite lines in movie history, delivered by Jeff Goldblum. Do you know what I'm talking about, John? You've played it many, many times on this show. Oh, yeah. That is one big pile of shit. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm laughing out loud hysterically in this, in my, when he says that, and my wife looks at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> it's the way he says it too. He's yeah. got that look like that is what makes Well, the whole shit. scene, the whole scene, like uh, they, the camera tracks him walking up to the pile of shit. Yeah. And he's got all black on and his shirt is unbuttoned. Yeah. And he's walking like he's Mr. Super Sexy. <laughs> and he gets to the shit and he, <laughs> he says, cue it up, John. And he says, well, hold on, man. I didn't know you were going to. And he says, that is one big pile of shit. <laughs> and of course, Laura Dern's got to shove her hands in there. Right, right. Real deep, like elbow deep. Pile of shit. Yeah, right. Uh, my other favorite line from that movie. So I have two favorite lines. The other one is, clever girl. When the guy, he's yeah. stalking the velociraptor. Yeah. And then he turns to his left, and there's one staring right at him. Yeah, and then he gets his face fucking eaten off. That's kind of lame, but... 
Yeah, so the first hour is is fucking almost excruciating. Yeah. I mean, you got a great opening scene where the guy gets hauled into the Velociraptor cage and yeah. gets eaten. And then after the next 45 minutes, hour is a goddamn snooze fest. And then it gets good. Yeah, right. But it was interesting to see it on the big screen. And my son, even, he, you know, he's, he's never seen it in the theater. And on the DVD, on a TV, it's just not. It's like not you, in it. Yeah, not you always it. talk about being in it. Yeah. And he's not in it. I mean, it's interesting for him to watch, but. He mentioned that he said that he was this much more terrifying. It's m- on the big screen with yeah. the surround sound and the whole deal. That's cool. That's the way I want to feel when I see a movie. Right. Right on, John. Um All right, so what were we talking about? Oh, we need to talk about this Boston Marathon. Oh, before I was, we do, yeah. I I, I forgot to mention we got some emails last week. How about voicemail? You got that up and running? No. No. I can't figure it out. I don't know what's wrong with it. Here's what I want to know. Does Pat McGroin uh, faithfully call in every week <laughs> and he's like, be. why the fuck don't they play my uh, phone calls anymore? could be. <laughs> Send us an email, Pat. Um, anyways, uh, you got this email too, so I don't know why you didn't. I did? Uh, yeah, oh, I don't check account. my TTN oh, that's account great. anymore. That's, that's great. You know, I, I probably should. Yeah, that's a great That'd reminder, nice. John. You know, I got all these new laptops. I don't and even shit, know and what I email to send stuff. you anymore. Right, I got I got to configure got like six emails. When I got new hardware, I got to configure stuff, and I failed to configure my TTN email address. So I may get I may be getting the greatest fucking emails on the planet. Yeah. And I don't even know about it. So anyway, this one anyway, this one was from the end of uh, March. It says, "Hey guys, major long-time listener here. I just realized the other day that since I started listening, I have gone all the way through higher education and into employment." Wow. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to email to say thank you for always putting on a great show. Love it. And just wanted to say thanks. Don't we have an email like uh background email? thing email bag oh, yeah. thing yeah see i'm sorry you're doing a lot john I'm, and that's I'm why you're uh, producer of the year uh, <laughs> because you're not only producing the show you're providing content and then you're having me say hey don't we have an email thing and you're going and getting the email thing <laughs> and you're laid back about it did you have a xanax before I, the show I don't even know where it is. Because usually you'd be like, hey, man, f- hey, fuck, man, what's wrong with you? I don't know where it is. I don't know. I, I have a folder called show effects, and it's not in there. It's not because in Because we haven't had an email in so long. <laughs> it's been forever I, since we've I read never, an email. Uh, That's I right. Never, yeah. Now, let's right. see if we can find it here. Um, uh, no, I, don't, I don't remember what it's called. Like comments, because we used to get comments, right? Yeah, we used to do the uh, Podcast Alley comments. Yeah. Uh, was a segment of the show. Comments and emails. Or well, emails. you're looking for that. Let me talk about a new idea well, I have for I the show. Can I finish this guy's email? Oh, you didn't finish it. I, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I'm sorry. I was halfway through it. You just, yeah. <laughs> Boy. Hey, man. So anyways, he, he continues on. He says, P.S. I am a web developer. So if you ever need website help, just give me a shout. Would be more than happy to help. Thanks, Grant. 
Holy shit, yeah. John. I remember Gramp. Gramp? <laughs> Gramp. Hey, Gramps. <laughs> and not only that, I just told somebody today, because they asked, um, don't you have like a live call-in, live chat thing? I'm like, well, no. I did that about a year ago. It's in dev, but I haven't moved it to production yet. And I see it. It's in dev. It's yeah. in dev right now, John. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Where we could do live shows, where we could live broadcast, have live call-ins, and, and listeners could chat, not only with us, but with each other. Yeah. Not only that, they could send us tweets, and we would get tweets, John. And it's in dev. And right. it's been there for a fucking year, because I'm yeah. too goddamn lazy <laughs> to move it into production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah. We, we got that going i'm gonna post this on facebook you send another email i'm gonna post our dev account uh, our dev environment on facebook all right all right and what's that gonna do i don't know it's gonna get people excited oh and maybe they'll get so excited i'll get excited too john and i'll move it to production uh another email it's must be from the same grant um it says, hi, John. I was listening to 273 Today at work. Great podcast. Just to paint a picture, I am not in an office. I work with earbuds in my ears making ornamental stuff out of plaster about as far away from Chicago as you can get. So, no, it's not just people in cubicles. As podcasting is slowing, morphing back into radio with endless advertisements, I can appreciate you and Scotters keeping it real. So thanks heaps. Uh, I have to check out that Sound City movie, as it sounds pretty cool. Dave Grohl is back with Queens of the Stone Age for their upcoming record. I don't know if you've heard the first single yet, but it's pretty good. Dave drummed on their album Songs for the Deaf in 2002, so it's been a while. Uh, I like... I like how it fucks with the typical slap your nuts. <laughs> no, slap your knee style timing. I have no idea about drumming, but I like how it gets all out of time or shifts time or whatever. I love it. And uh, you just got a sample here for us to listen to. I had better go as it's nearly Saturday here. Take it easy, John, and I hope you feel better soon, mate. Grant. Speaking of, uh, he mentioned it's a different it, grant. The, these are two different two different grants. grants. That's yeah. how popular we are, John. We have two grants you know, listening to two us. Two grants. Are there any other podcasts on the planet yeah. that have two grants listening? Right. I don't think so. I don't know. Uh, he mentions keeping it real. Remember, we had a phrase uh, of a phrase that pays. Yeah. Uh, we had a catchphrase for the show. We we're going to put on T-shirts. You remember that? What that was? Uh, keeping it real. Real yeah. stupid. Stupid, right. Right on. This is the new cutoff of Queens of the Stone Age. My God is the Sun with Dave Grohl on drums. This is in 3-4. That's what he's talking about at the time. 3-4 means that the quarter note has a value of three. Well, there's three quarter notes in a bar. 
One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. One. It's like a waltz. Yeah, pretty cool, right? Yeah. So that was from the other grant. There's two grants. One's two a web grants. developer, and the other one is an ornamental designer. Two grants. And I've been trying to filter out as much spam as I can, but uh, that's what makes it difficult to find, uh, you know, email. Get, get legitimate email. email. Yeah. yeah. I think I got it down now. All right, so uh, do we have any other email? No. All right, so I had this idea for the show, and, and I've had it for a long time. I've failed to execute. I may have even have talked about it before. I've been listening to old podcasts. And when I say old podcasts, yeah. it's anywhere from six years to four years. We've been doing this for a long time, John. Yeah. So I'm listening to this one from four years ago, and we have a listener, uh, Ben Epstein, who called in. He used to call in a lot. He was... Right. Um, uh, 17, he was a high schooler, he was in a band, he was the president right. of clubs, all this stuff. And uh, very articulate, very well spoken, and he was going to go to either Emerson or Drexel, and he was checking out New York uh, University. And then Ben kind of fell off the face of the planet. Yeah. He never st- he stopped calling in. I wonder if Ben still listens. Now, he his band was um, Like Watson, John. Like, like Watson. Watson. Now, I, I would assume that if you go off to college somewhere and, and the people you're in a band with go off to college, you're not going to have your band anymore. Right. Uh, but we need to track Ben down because we need to have a conversation with him. Even if he's not listening anymore, I want to know what Ben's up to now. And I want to know why he stopped listening. Those are the two things I want to know. This is Leaving by Like Watson. He's playing drums, I believe. That's right, he was a drummer. Pretty good. Four track recorded in his house in 2011. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, so, Ben. If you're still listening, shoot us an email. We need to talk to you. Uh, call in, whatever. Yeah. Uh, we need to get you on the line. If you're not listening, we're going to track you down. All right? Yeah, motherfucker. How many Ben Epstein's can there be? Motherfucker. <laughs> That were that used to be in a band uh, like Watson. Yeah. I don't think very many, John. What I mean is that 
he'll forget this ever happened and that what are we listening to now will be gone. twin harbors be one of us. by like watson yeah yes you still want me to take him We played this song on the podcast from four years ago. Oh, did we? Yeah. Hey! What are you trying to do? You ruined my record, man. I just bought it. All right, John, moving on. Science yeah. news. Science. Science news. Science. Science. Um, somebody did a study of penis size, John. Yeah? Penis size does matter to women yeah but here's some interesting things damn wetter bell be shoulder to hip ratio mattered the most so it mattered more than penis size shoulder to hip ratio right so when a woman sees a man a naked man yeah what matters to them more than penis size is shoulder to hip ratio. What does that mean? I don't know. How far your shoulders are from your hips? Or how wide they are compared to your hips. Uh, probably wide, right? So how wide they are to your hips. Uh, while both penis size and height mattered about the same, uh, it was less than shoulder to hip ratio. So, more important than penis size, shoulder to hip ratio. I got to go with your assessment, John. Wideness to thinness? That'd be a ratio, right? Yeah. I guess, Penis size had a greater effect on the attractiveness rating of taller men than of shorter men. So, if you're taller, you have to have the bigger schwans. Shorter guys can get away with, well, because they're shorter... You see what I'm saying here? Yeah, yeah. Because they're shorter, it may be not as big as a tall man, but perspective from a perspective of a short man, it may be, you know. Yeah. It's an illusion, really. Penis size also had a greater effect on attractiveness rating in men with higher... Sh- uh, I read that already. There are diminishing returns for everything. How much more attractiveness the figures gained for added height, penis size, and shoulder-to-hip ratio decreased as those traits increased. So the attractiveness difference between 6'1 man and a 6'2 man is less than the difference between a 5'1 man and a 5'2 man. Whatever that means. (laughs) Women's ages did not affect their attractiveness ratings, but women's heights did. Taller women made height more important in their ratings than shorter women did. Well, that seems obvious, right? Right. But they did a study and they uh, provided measurement and objective evidence, John. So what seems obvious is obvious. We can state that matter-of-factly now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what science is all about. 
Women took longer to rate figures they found more attractive. Previous studies have found that people generally spend longer gazing at things they find attractive. How about that? Yeah. So there you have it. Nice. Penis size does matter. But. <laughs> There's no buts. Oh. <laughs> what, what length or width? <laughs> they don't get or into breadth. that. Breadth. All of it. Girth. The whole thing. Yeah. The volume. The, the volume. volume. How loud it is? Yes. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, John. Hey, uh, hey, this guy's in the hospital, right? What guy? This guy, he's in the, whatever, he's in the hospital. He's got an oxygen mask on. He just came out of surgery. And a nurse is in there, a female orderly, and she's giving him a sponge bath. And he says, uh, uh, he hears her say, hears him say, uh, can, can you, check if my testicles are black and she's like what the fuck did he and she's sponging him around the chest and he said and she says what can you check if my testicles are black and she's kind of embarrassed so she pulls up his gown and looks under and grabs his schwantz and grabs his balls and looks at him and Looks him over gently and puts him back down and puts the gown down and says to the guy and says, listen, your testicles are fine. And he takes the oxygen mask off and he said, I asked, are my test results back? Okay. <laughs> Come on. That's a Come funny on, man. joke. It's not really. I, what? It's not really that good. I told that joke to a guy <laughs> yesterday. What guy? At work. Come on. He was laughing his fucking ass off. <laughs> I thought he was going to fall down. Come on, man. Come on, man. Oh, come on. You mind your own fuckle. Yeah. What the fuck? All right. I had to say it before I forgot it. Fuck yeah, motherfucker! Paging Dr. Faggot! Alright, now what? Science is over? Science is not over, but... Oh, we still have science. But Google Chrome is not functioning appropriately for me. Alright. I'm um, sorry! Yes, I'm, I'm really... Plus, I have to uh, take a whiz, John. Damn Bell be... What are you supposed to do that before the show? I, I know. I don't know what's going on. To anus. You know, I, I try to stay hydrated. To anus. All right, John. We're going to talk about Boston. Let's let's get on with it. Let's right. talk about this Boston Marathon. So the the uh, there's these two bombs, and they I guess they found a couple of more. Yeah. And they were these um, some sort of IEDs. kitchen cookware. Yeah, like a uh, with pressure, shrapnel in it. Pressure, pressure cookers. cookers. And they put them in uh, duffel bags and just set them there, and they they went away. And so far, we don't know who did this, right? Yeah. It could be domestic terrorism. It could be Al-Qaeda. It could be who knows. Yeah. Uh, But there were two bombs that went off, and they found two others that did not go off. And um, I, I just don't get the mentality behind this. I don't understand it. I want to understand it. I cannot understand it. I... You do this, do you, and you see it on the news. So the whoever did this, they see it on the news. 
Do they did they feel bad about that? Do they rejoice? Do they celebrate? What is it? I, I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. Not at all. Can you help me with this, John? I don't get it either. I mean, it's um, it's terrible. I don't I don't understand how you could be so pissed and and do something like that. I I don't know. I can't wrap my mind around it. It's um I got to tell you though um there was a story that came out of it um I don't know if you heard about it but there's a guy I, I have to look him up um they're calling him the cowboy hat hero I've seen him yes he hold uh, he held that guy's uh uh whatever artery in your leg yeah. what do they call that them Femoral, femoral. Femoral. Yeah. Well, the story behind this guy, though, is um, Carlos Arredondo. He's the guy when they came and told him that his son was killed in Iraq as a uh, soldier, uh, a Marine. Uh, he ran out and dumped gasoline all over the the van that the, the Marines showed up in. And uh, lit it on fire and caught himself on fire. And then when Obama said they were going to spring the troops back from Iraq, his other son killed himself. And right after his son, the first son had been uh, had died in Iraq, he started going on these peace protests. And at one of them, he was he had this makeshift coffin. And he had pictures of his son on it, and these pro-war douchebags ripped the picture off of his son's uh, this this little memorial that he was carting around, and he jumped on the guy who took the picture, and then four or five guys just came over and started kicking him in the face and the side and beating him up. Um. A real bunch of fucking cock-ass douchebags. But um, there's... Uh, have you seen the picture, the actual full photograph? Yes. All the way down to the missing yeah. limbs and mm-hmm. everything? Yes. And you can see him. He's holding the artery in his hand. Yes, he's pinching it. He's pinching yes. it and telling this guy, stay with me, man. You're, you're going to be okay. Stay with me. Stay with me. So here's a guy that had all this tragedy in his life, and he ends up being there at the finish line when this happened, and he ends up helping this guy out. Right on. So, uh, yeah. Well, I, before I, I, I was talking about story, cynicism, but, right? Yeah. So I'm very cynical, but I'm starting to... Uh, it, it's because I see things and... They become prominent, and there was a uh, Patton Oswald wrote something right after this happened, and I don't have it in front of me, but he basically said that more people ran to this thing than ran away from it, and that's really when you think about the our community, the human community. More yeah. people want to help than want to run away or yeah. want to want to put a bomb on a on a fucking street at the finish line of the Boston Marathon. 
So my cynicism is, is I still have it, but it's, it's slowly being chipped away by seeing, uh, I mean, this is a tragedy, but seeing that people, the majority of people yeah. will sacrifice their own um, safety to help. And, and that, that makes me happy. It makes me. Yeah. He says, uh, I don't know what's going to be revealed to be behind all this mayhem. But here's what I do know. If it's one person or a hundred people, that, that number is not even a fraction, a fraction, a fraction of a percent of the population on this planet. Oswald wrote that when uh, September 11th attacks occurred, my action reaction was, well, I've had it with humanity, but I was wrong. He continued that the lesson he's learned is that the majority of the world's population, his word, stands against the darkness, and like white blood cells attacking a virus, they dilute and weaken and eventually wash away the evildoers, and more importantly, the damage they wreak. Right. That's right, John. So I, I'm... Um... And he goes on to say, if humanity were inherently evil, we'd have eaten ourselves alive long ago. Oswald concluded by offering a piece of advice for those looking for support. When you spot violence or bigotry or intolerance or fear or just garden variety misogyny, hatred or ignorance, just look it in the eye, he wrote. Think the good outnumber you, and you will always, and you always, oh, fucking ass. Come on, man. (laughs) Think the good outnumber you, and we always will, talking to the bad, evil fucktards. So, John, uh, you talked about 9-11 a lot on the show, where before 9-11, you you started to have... um, you started to ask about God and personal God and is there a God? So you had these... I was on the fence. You were on the fence. And then 9-11 happened and, and it was like, okay, I'm done with that. I'm an atheist. There's there's no God. Uh, similar to that, my I started to think about my cynicism. And so I'm not necessarily on the fence, but I started to reflect more about that and why am I like that? And I think this event for me was a 9-11 for you in religion. This is the same for me in cynicism, where it's it's the kind of the tipping point. Where right. You see the, all the people that helped. You see, like, um, I guess when this happened, they told all the other runners that hadn't finished yet, stop, go home, get the fuck out of here. And the majority of them kept running to yeah. go donate blood. Right, right. Um, I heard that. I mean, that it. It's really that's really fucking cool, and it's it's helping me. Um, which seems kind of shallow, but it's yeah. it's helping me uh, overcome my cynicism. Yeah, yeah. And I ask, what? Well, how would I react in that situation? What would I do? Now, so uh, the the bomb exploded at like four oh eight. So the the not four oh eight time, but four oh eight into the marathon. Me, I'm like a four twenty to five hour. Yeah, guy. which is most where most people start crossing the finish line. Right. 
Uh, so a couple of questions. Why didn't they have the bombs at the start, right? That's where it's like, have you ever seen the start of a marathon? It's unbelievably yeah. crowded. Yeah. So uh, if I'm in this race, I'm finishing 12 minutes or anywhere from 12 minutes to 40 minutes after this bomb explodes. What I think about, what would I do? Would I get, would I hightail it out of there? Would I get the fuck out of there? Or what would I do? Yeah. I don't know. It depends. If you're with your kids, you're out of there. Right. It, I, right. You I know, guess. If you're with your friend, you're. If I'm by myself, what you, would I do? Yeah. That's the question. Well, you did come to somebody's aid once. You told the story about the guy that drove off the road and flew up in the air. And oh, right, right, yeah. I was kind of laughing because of way he <laughs> described it. He's like, oh! It was crazy. It was like a Hollywood um, stunt scene. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. The guy fell asleep at the wheel. Ran over there. You're like, relax. The help is on the way. You gave him some comfort. Right. I thank you, John. I completely forgot yeah. about that story. So you've already been in that situation. I, I just thought it was amazing that people were like triaging the situation and and applying some first aid. I heard somebody say a leg flew over his head, and he turned around and whipped his belt off and immediately created a tourniquet for the guy's leg. Or woman, I don't know who it was. I just heard it on the news, and I had to stop listening because I was getting so, uh, um, you know, po- po- that that compounding of news over and over again is just it's just overwhelming after a while. Yeah, but I did see somebody posted like on Facebook, uh, you know, one of the regulars who who talks about owning guns and uh our guns are being taken away and that he heard somebody have some great advice that you know you need to talk to your kids tonight about what would you do if you were stuck in a city where they shut it down and you couldn't get out and you couldn't use your cell phone you couldn't get home you couldn't contact your family we need to sit down with our kids and talk about having a bug out plan and I thought, really, really, we got to go to that. I mean, this is like one in twenty million that this would happen. I think we need to talk to our kids about drinking and driving. That should be a priority. Or uh, Jesus about sweet baby Jesus. Yeah, good. Or or uh, you know, getting good grades. Uh, Stuff like that, being a humanitarian, um, helping the fellow man, b- talk about having a bug out plan. What the fuck? Don't let your kid swim in a fucking pool. He's got more chance of dying drowning in the neighbor's pool than than getting hurt or killed by a uh, a terrorist attack, domestic or um or foreign. Or political. And I, w- I wondered, when they called it terrorism, what was the difference between that and um, uh, somebody walking into a theater and shooting everybody or into a school? That's what, uh, uh, mass murder? I don't know. And then, yeah. 
and it's a criminal act and a bomb is terrorism. I don't I don't really see the difference, but I guess I guess they're calling it terrorism if it if it has some sort of political spin on it, a political motivation or something, right? Right. But nobody's come forward to to say, "Hey, we did it." Not uh, yet. Well, what I I am looking forward to is everybody has fucking video camera. Everybody has. Yeah. So I would oh, assume they're going to find this fucker. Right. They're going to find out whoever did this. Yeah. I would assume. Yeah. I mean, how could you not? Um but who knows? I don't know. I I'm interested to see who who is this? Who did this? Why? And why? You know, yeah. if it's in, you know, like these serial killers, these guys who, who go into schools and shoot the place up, um, they're not right mentally, right? So something's going on there. So is it the same deal? Uh, they're not right mentally, but, um, and again, if it is an ideological thing or a political thing, uh, you're not right mentally, but it's a different kind of mental illness, I guess, yeah. right? I don't yeah, know. I don't know, but uh, that was that was pretty bad. Um, but like you said, and like um, Pat Oswald said, it, it's just it was amazing the people that ran. They, there could have been another bomb right there, you know. Mm-hmm. That, that well, could, there were there were two others I know, that but didn't I, go off. Well, I, I mean, the idea was the one goes off and everybody runs to that direction, and that one goes off, but. I don't think anybody got hurt from the other one, did they? Did they say anything about it? It was the main bomb that went off, I thought. And everybody ran to that area and just started ripping fencing apart while the smoke was barely clearing. Um, Because first they didn't know what the hell it was. They thought it was fireworks or something going off. And uh, then they realized that people were hurt, and they just started ripping that fence apart civilians military you name it runners uh cops that was amazing to see they just went right to work and started helping people well i'm you know i entered uh, i talked about it last week i entered some half marathons once in chicago ones in kalamazoo and because i'm entered i got these emails today that said hey here's what we're doing about security like the Kalamazoo Marathon, I'm thinking. Really, I'm still going to run. You're not. Am yeah. I? Are there people out there that are like, "Fuck that! I'm not running." They're going to bomb the Kalamazoo Half Marathon. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. Who knows? I'm still going to run. Uh, and then the Chicago Rockin' Something Marathon, whatever that is, Half Marathon, not the yeah. full, John, not the full. Right. I'm not ready for that yet. Yeah. Brutal. So we'll see. We'll see what happens we there, John. See. All right, that's all I had, uh, John. Uh, you got anything else you want to talk about there? No. Yeah, we still didn't talk about Roger Ebert, but I really got to piss and I got to go home. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'll put a proper tribute together, John, with video, with, uh, you know, the whole deal. Hold on, let me get that. I know who that is. Hey man, what's happening? Come on back. 
Come on, man. <laughs> Let's go. He opened the door. He just stands there. <laughs> well, I, guess, I guess it's been a while. Very upset. <laughs> it has been a while for Phil, right? Oh, man. It's been like I didn't six even weeks. fade that music in. Kind of a producer, am I? Engineer. All right. Is Phil ready? Of course, John. I'm always ready. All right. Even when I have a five-week layoff. Let me bring the bed down. (laughs) I'm ready when you are, John. That's music to my ears. Thank you, John. Now, with your award-winning GPN News, Phil McCracken Whitcomb. A man crashes into Walmart and attacks customers with a blunt object. That's right, a man is under arrest in San Jose after a bizarre car crash and an attack Sunday at a Walmart. Police are investigating what motivated the man to drive into the busy store. We don't know if there was an intended target or not, said Officer Albert. Of the San Jose Police Department, at least four people were injured when the suspect crashed into the Walmart, exited his vehicle, picked up a blunt object from inside the store, and began to assault customers. The man drove a red two-door car between 10 and 20 feet into the store on the east side of the city at 11.15 a.m. One of the customers suffered serious injuries and was taken to the hospital. Three others were treated for (laughs) non-lightning threatening injuries. The man, who was about 30 years old, was arrested after a brief struggle with police. Their driver made several laps around the store's parking lot before crashing into the front entrance. Witnesses told the San Jose Mercury News a woman said the driver sideswiped her Honda in the parking lot while she was waiting for a spot. At first, I thought it might have done something to anger him while driving said Sharon Kay, a teacher from San Jose. But then I realized he was out to get into the store. The driver is being held in jail and is receiving mental evaluations and drug tests, according to the San Jose Chronicle. Next story, John. Sarah Palin, John. Sarah Palin is in the news. Her forthcoming (laughs) book on the commercialization of Christmas, John. May well be out in time for Christmas. (laughs) Next story time. (laughs) Alaska Representative Don Young, or is that, yeah, Representative Don Young, rebuked over slur. This is out of Washington, John. Jesus crap. One of the House of Representatives' longest serving Republicans now says he meant no disrespect when he used the term wetbacks to describe migrant workers as family once employed. His comment, which drew a strong rebuke from the House Speaker, flies in the face of his party's effort to improve outreach to minority groups. In an interview with the local radio station Tuesday, Alaska Representative Don Young was discussing how advances in technology have reduced the need for some types of employment and referred to farming his family once did in California. He said, quote, My father had a ranch. We used to have 50 to 60 wetbacks to pick tomatoes. It takes two people to pick the same tomatoes now. It's all done by machine. Next story, John. (laughs) 
A man seeks a divorce of his wife for refusing to make love to a snake, John. A Herrera woman on Monday said in court that her marriage is teetering on the verge of collapse after she refused to have sex with a snake. Venetia Chatamia said in court that her husband, Mostavadi Makawini, <laughs> is forcing her to have sex with a dangerous reptile. A development which has irked her. The woman opened up at the Harar Civil Court where she was brought by Mustavadi, who was seeking a protection order against her. The reason why he is divorcing me is not that I am abusing him as he claims in his court. The real issue here is that I refuse to sleep with a snake. What happened was that he came home with a brand new television set and told me that if I wanted him to bring more things at home, I was supposed to have sex with a snake. <laughs> Even though I refuse to sleep with the snake, I have noticed that every morning I will be feeling as if I had slept with someone. As you can see, I no longer have my front teeth. I lost them the day he assaulted me because I entered our bedroom and caught my husband sleeping with a 25-year-old girlfriend of our matrimonial in our matrimonial bed. Whoa. In response, Mustafa D insisted he needed a protection order against his wife because she was disturbing his peace. I want the court to separate me from this woman because he, we have failed to live as husband and wife. One of the main reasons why I want her out of the house is because she is in the habit of deliberately urinating on my church uniform. <laughs> <laughs> I no longer have a uniform to wear when going to church. <laughs> She is also a violent person, and I also want her to be stopped from pulling my private parts. <laughs> Mustavadi, however, Clint confirmed, and having it, it, mentioned about is, sleeping with a snake to his this wife. This is what he said when she pulled his private parts. Hey, what are you trying to do? <laughs> I have never forced her to sleep with a snake. I only talked about it to her in passing, and not that I was forcing her. How ridiculous. Next story time. Ridiculous. A massage therapist has been accused of inappropriately touching a client. Hold on. I seem to have cut and pasted the wrong text. All right, next story time. It appears I don't have the text for that story. (laughs) Headlines only. We got to do what's the real headline. Expensive multifunction toilet stolen from Japanese park. Did you hear that, John? Expensive multifunction toilet stolen from a Japanese park. (laughs) Authorities have nothing to go on. Next story, John. Come on. Who docks? Next and last story, John. Women allegedly performed sex act at BP station to get a better deal on her car. This is out of Tennessee, John. Yes, I did bring audio. A man and woman were arrested Wednesday morning after the sheriff's office received calls about an indecent exposure at a BP gas station. The woman told police she performed a sex act in exchange for a better car deal. When officers spotted the vehicle in question, a gray Cadillac, on Highway 394 near Franklin Drive, the passenger, 28-year-old Crystal Franzen, told police that she had performed oral sex on Gary Tipton, 58, in the BP parking lot. She added that she did it in exchange for a better deal on a Cadillac that she wanted to buy from Tipton. Franzen was arrested and charged with prostitution, while Tipton faces charges of... Patronizing a prostitute. <laughs> Officers also found several Valiums in the in his pocket, Whoa. as well as uh, other things, and charged him with possession of Schedule 
three drugs after it was discovered that he did not have a prescription for the pills. Whoa. Tipton and Franson were taken to the Sullivan County Correctional Facility, and that's the news, John. I am filled with crack and wick of wow with total dog nonsense. I gotta run. All right. I got things to do and places to go. Uh, bye bye. All right, Phil is in. He's out. All right, man. That's it, I guess. That is it for two seventy four, John. Because <laughs> Scott has to take a. How was your piss? That's right, and I I get to go run into your bathroom and then whip it out and then wait for like ten, ten minutes. seconds. <laughs> All right, well, that's all we have this week. Uh, Episode 274, Scott. That's right, John. Episode 274. Uh, I guess that's it. Say goodnight, Scott. Goodnight, Scott. Listening to John and Scott. A total talk nonsense.